Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, data shows a huge spike in the number of overdose deaths in the past year, with many pinning the blame on the effects of the pandemic. Along with the documented rise in suicides, is it all further proof that the cure was worse than the disease all along? Also this morning, we get the inside scoop on everything you need to know to make the most of next week's Prime Day event directly from the insiders at Amazon. And we have another collection of delicious recipes from Kyra's Kitchen, this time inspired by our recent trip to Mackinac Island. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, June 18th, 2021. If you need a reason to celebrate today, it is Autistic Pride Day, also Go Fishing Day. Probably not a good idea today to go fishing if we get those storms, because that could be very dangerous. The lightning and all of that. Next week, as a matter of fact, is Lightning Awareness Month, but we should mention that today. you got to be very careful around uh, lightning. Today would be uh, maybe a day for that. So uh, Go Fishing Day, but approach with caution. International Panic Day and International Picnic Day. So, <laughs> yeah, both of those. Um, I guess you put them both on the same day because it's easy to misspell uh, picnic and panic and get those uh, confused if you're typing them quickly. It's both today. Uh, International Sushi Day, National Flip-Flop Day, National Splurge Day today. Go splurge on a new pair of flip-flops. National Take Back the Lunch Break Day. I like that. I mean, how many of us uh, in recent years have been reduced to grabbing a quick sandwich at, at our desk because we just can't take a half hour for lunch or it'll put us behind at work or so overworked and stressed out? Well, today is National Take Back the Lunch Break Day and it is the National Day of Prayer for law enforcement officers. So, amen to that. Reasons to celebrate today. This is kind of interesting. Among the first things you need to know this morning are the most buzzworthy stories of the day. New York City is electing a new mayor this year, and the early voting in the primaries has already begun, uh, which in the heavily Democratic city means the Democratic primary winner will likely be the new mayor. And there are three or four candidates who are kind of at the top of the pack. One of them is former sanitation commissioner Catherine Garcia. And what's interesting about that is that she happens to be a smoker. Uh, The New York Post says that if she were to win, she would be the first mayor who smokes in a half century. That's interesting. I don't know that it really means anything or if it's any uh, of any significance. Uh, I, I'm sure that her agenda has nothing to do uh, with, you know, her policies or her agenda has nothing to do with the uh, fact that she's a smoker. As a matter of fact, she uh, says uh, she will quit if elected, saying I'm going to uh, focus on exercise. I'm going to use whatever I can, um, whatever makes it possible to quit. She's pledged to quit if she is elected. Uh, she said she doesn't want to be a bad role model uh, for young women who would look up to her as New York's first female mayor. But it is interesting. The last time 
Uh, New York City had a mayor who was a smoker, was 1965, Robert Wagner at the time. So I just thought that was uh, rather interesting, especially since uh, New York, among the uh, states that has uh, been at the forefront of the crusade to eliminate smoking, and they may elect a tobacco-using mayor. Kind of interesting. Um, Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to uh, start off your uh, morning. It has been uh, a year of mostly everybody staying at home, and it makes sense that there are some people who may be reluctant to step back into society as the pandemic ends, and some are downright terrified of doing so. You may know someone who falls into this category. They say, do not give those people a hard time or minimize uh, those phobias of getting back out of the cave, as it were. Psychiatrist Dr. Arthur Arthur Bregma uh, says cave syndrome uh, is a very real thing. He advocates what he calls the MAV system, which stands for Mindfulness, Attitude, and Vision, M-A-V, MAV. He says the first step is to be mindful about what is bothering this person and then help them develop a positive attitude, believing that good things can happen when you leave your home. Uh, It's just uh, this year of being locked down for many people has made them rather nervous about stepping outside their comfort zone, their newly found comfort zone. Um, You develop a, you be mindful about what's bothering you, develop a positive attitude, and visualize your goals and what you can accomplish when you leave the cave. He says the sooner an individual is able to leave the cave, the better off that person will be. Other experts say experiencing anxiety does not mean that this person has a disorder or a syndrome, but if a person is not able to leave the house and resume regular life, uh, then it is time to seek out professional help. But that is, and probably not unexpected, that there would be uh, some people who are in that boat or have become so comfortable in those familiar surroundings, you kind of get into a rhythm or you get into his mindset And it becomes more and more difficult to leave the longer you are cooped up. Interesting. Along those same lines, uh, you may have heard of seasonal affective disorder. Sad. It is usually associated with the dark days of winter, but it turns out it can also be a problem during these summer months. The Mayo Clinic explains that sad begins and ends at about the same time every year. And while in most cases, seasonal affective disorder symptoms appear late fall or early winter and go away in the days of spring and summer, some people experience the opposite pattern. SAD affects about 4 to 6% of the U.S. population, but about 10% of those individuals get SAD symptoms during the summer season. It consists of feelings of depression that happen daily or near daily, a loss of interest in once enjoyable activities, changes in weight or eating habits, low energy or changes in sleeping patterns, trouble concentrating, and more. Uh, There are various treatments depending on the severity of symptoms. And uh, they say if you think you might be suffering with SAD, again, seek professional help. It is not clear what causes the condition, though it is believed that numerous factors can contribute, 
including a drop in melatonin and or serotonin levels or a change in the body's circadian rhythm. So, and I would imagine that probably uh, goes back to people spending all of this time indoors and it kind of messes with your circadian rhythms and causes all kinds of issues. So anyway, the long and the short of it, and the reason I bring those things up is if you know someone who is struggling with getting back into society, reintegrating with society after a year of pandemic restrictions and lockdowns and so on, uh, then uh, try not to be too hard on those individuals. Try not to judge them because uh, there might be something going on there. There may be a very good reason why uh, they are struggling so much. Turns out Americans had issues spelling some of the commonly used words over the past year or so. Uh, this is uh, analysis of Google Trends data showed that the most commonly misspelled words... Um, well, they, they broke down the com- most commonly misspelled words over the past year in each state. Quarantine topped the list in 12 states. I don't know which states those are, but 12 states. <laughs> People struggle with the word quarantine. Uh, experts at AT&T analyzed the data between March of 2020 and March of 2021. They found that coronavirus was the most misspelled word in six states, the most common misspelling uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. The uh, coronavirus, the most misspelled word in six states. Seven states had issues spelling favorite. Uh, uh, five struggled with spelling the word which. Uh, which word did they struggle with? Which. Three struggled spelling definitely. Another three had issues spelling the word separate. And uh, the most common misspelling, quarantine, the uh, most misspelled word in 12 states for the past year, the most common misspelling was quarantine. Quarantine. So, I just thought that was kind of weird. Hopefully, we don't have to worry about uh, spelling that word anymore. Now that people are getting back out and about, people are traveling, beginning of summer, This weekend, Sunday is not only Father's Day, but it is also the first official day of summer. And uh, people going to national parks uh, quite a bit more, getting out into the great outdoors. This was a trend that started last year, is uh, continuing this year. National parks are very popular. And the National Park Service is reminding people. Now, this seems like something that shouldn't need to be said. But the National Park Service, nonetheless, uh, felt the need to remind people that they should avoid pushing their friends down when bears are around. (laughs) Park rangers shared a public safety announcement uh, this past week explaining that the bear population is on the rise. If you're visiting national parks, you have to be aware that there may be bears And uh, the bear, if you push your friend down (laughs) or push your friend out of the way um, to get away from a bear yourself, the bear will see that as a sign that you are invading its space. They say if a bear shows up, the best thing you can do is slowly put distance between yourself and the bear 
draw bear spray and prepare yourself to use it if the bear charges toward you. But don't <laughs> don't sacrifice your friend <laughs> in order to escape the bear. There is your public service announcement for the day. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories uh, to get <laughs> to get your Friday morning started. Again, some of which probably shouldn't have to be said, but here we are. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast. Showers and storms today with a high of 88. Showers and storms possible tonight, a low of 70. Former Hancock County Sheriff's Deputy Michael McGuire, who passed away shortly after he retired, was laid to rest at Macomb Union Cemetery. Sheriff Michael Heldman says it was a nice send-off. It was. Uh, we had a beautiful day. The sky was very clear and blue. Uh, when I, Life Flight did a flyover at the cemetery, and I looked up, it was clear blue skies. You couldn't ask for anything better. Sheriff Heldman says McGuire made a big impact during his 38 years with the sheriff's office as a school resource officer, explorer, post advisor, and deputy sheriff. You can see video on our website of the long funeral procession that was filled with police, fire, and many other vehicles. Governor DeWine says Ohio will end its COVID-19 emergency declaration today. DeWine explained the emergency declaration was narrowly focused, and he doesn't expect its end to impact work to get Ohio out of the pandemic. DeWine said cases and hospitalizations have continued to decline, which spurred this decision. The governor declared the emergency March 14th of last year, which allowed the state to suspend competitive bidding, draw down assistance, and make emergency rules, among other provisions. Most of the state's health orders ended on June 2nd. Daniel Barnett, ONN News. Meantime, Blanchard Valley Health System says masks will still be required at all BVHS locations until further notice. All associates, providers, patients, and visitors are asked to continue wearing a mask, even if fully vaccinated, to protect vulnerable patient populations on their campuses. Visitation is now open at BVHS locations. Visitors must remain masked and maintain social distancing. The latest Vax-A-Million winner is from Finley. So what will Suzanne Ward be doing with her $1 million winnings? Grandkids will have their college fund uh, paid for. And just looking at some things that we have a, a, a real passion for in the community as well to help. Suzanne is a professor at the University of Findlay. The fifth and final Vax-A-Million winners will be announced on Wednesday. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, the COVID-19 pandemic, mostly in our rearview mirror at this point, the questions will begin to be asked in the medical community about the positives and negatives of all of the lockdowns, the restrictions, the health orders enacted in the name of keeping the public safe. Tough questions that don't always have straightforward answers. Dr. Paul Christo is an associate professor at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. And Dr. Christo, I, I would have to think that this pandemic will be studied in academia for a long time, asking many of those very questions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the studies have been underway for, for many, many months with respect to the disease, disease progression, immunity, vaccination. I mean, you name it. Yeah, definitely. We'll be studied for a very, very long time. And some of the negative effects are well documented and increase in mental health issues like depression and anxiety comes to mind. We've talked about that in the past. The other number that jumps out at me, 
This is the provisional data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention showing overdose deaths increased 26.8% compared to the previous 12 months. That is an alarming jump. How much of this can be blamed on the effects of the pandemic and how much on the fact that we were so focused on the pandemic that we forgot to pay attention to the addiction and opioid crisis? Well, it's a huge jump. I mean, I think in 2019, there were about over 70,000 overdose deaths. 2020, it's about over 90,000. So you can see it's a huge jump and a huge escalation in overdose deaths. A lot of it is attributed to uh, the pandemic uh, in terms of uh, underemployment, unemployment, um, the psychological stresses of fear, anxiety, seeing friends and loved ones die, uh, and a lack of coping skills. And I think as a result of all of those factors, we've seen many people turn to these mind and mood-altering substances that have led to overdoses. So that really goes back to that question, uh, was the cure for the coronavirus worse than the disease? I mean, do we put ourselves in a, a worse position with all of the lockdowns and the restrictions and so on that made people so desperate that they turned to these drugs to cope? Well, I, I don't think there was much of a choice. I mean, you know, we, we've had many, many, many people die as a result of the coronavirus. So uh, I, I think that, you know, we needed to confine people for their safety. The fortunate ramification of that uh, really focused on their mental health and so, uh, an extreme amount of stress. So was that maybe the the problem is that we didn't focus enough on that side of it? If, again, as you mentioned, the restrictions were necessary uh, to protect from what is a very serious disease in COVID-19, a very serious virus, did we not pay enough attention to the mental health side of it, no, knowing as we should have that this might be the end result? Probably not. I just don't think that was, uh, unfortunately, a concern at the time. Uh, I think that today and over the last several months, we have seen an expansion of mental health services, though, to help people cope in terms of, say, teletherapy for mental health, teletherapy services are really on the rise and have uh, prevented or have allowed a lot of access to counselors, therapists, psychiatrists uh, that didn't even exist before COVID-19, actually. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to mention. The flip side is that you say the telemedicine, the telemental health services that emerged as uh, really essential resources during the pandemic may actually be tools that can help us reverse this trend. Absolutely. And I think we're seeing that. We're seeing more and more people access telemental health services in the cities and in rural areas of the country. For example, uh, the American Psychological Association has a website locator for patients and loved ones whereby they can access it and determine which providers are in their area who can be helpful for them. So, again, circling back to what we were talking about with respect to, you know, analyzing the uh, in the aftermath of all of this, sort of doing the postmortem, what did we do well, what could we do better in the next public health emergency? Uh, hopefully something that we don't have to deal with again. But if this all comes up again, are these the questions that are are being asked? I mean, do we now recognize uh, especially uh, seeing these numbers, preliminary though they may be, that show such a dramatic impact on uh, the addiction opioid crisis? Yes, I think if this were to occur again, we would be much better prepared. 
from a medical standpoint because of the access to um, all of these services related to telehealth. Uh, frankly, they didn't exist before COVID-19 at all, and right. now they do. So I think that that is a huge advantage in case this were to occur again. And, uh, you know, certainly we have information now retrospectively that we need to better put in place measures to help people cope with the stresses of a major pandemic. We talk about the impact that all of this has had on the opioid crisis. And I think coming into uh, the pandemic, and we think back to uh, 2019, this was already less in the news than it had been two or three or four years ago uh, prior to that. I think there was the uh, mindset that this was a war that we were finally winning. But as you point out, the numbers even before the COVID-19 spike were dramatically high. Were we ever uh, in a position where we were winning this war, or was that a misperception to begin with? Well, both, in the sense that I think we were winning the war on opioid-related deaths related to prescription opioids. So remember, this started several years ago, probably late 1990s, where Mm -hmm. we saw more and more patients dying from prescription opioids that were probably inappropriately prescribed at that time. In other words, you know, we had physicians, other healthcare providers that were using opioids as a first-line agent, as opposed to let's use it if everything else is unsuccessful. So I think we were seeing, we certainly have seen like a 40% decrease in the last, say, five years in opioid prescription. What we didn't anticipate, though, is that we saw an increase in deaths related to heroin, and then over the last couple of years, unfortunately, deaths related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Fentanyl, yeah. Um, so how much has this set us back in that war uh, on, uh, against the uh, opioids, heroin, fentanyl, and, and so on? I mean, has this been a case of two steps forward, three steps back? I mean, uh, how long will it take to recover from this setback? I think a while, uh, because now we have to target public health measures against people purchasing, you know, illegal opioids from the streets. And that's what we're seeing in terms of fentanyl-related overdoses. Uh, we're seeing fentanyl, we're seeing drugs like, say, oxycodone that are purchased on the street laced with fentanyl. We're seeing the stimulant drug like uh, cocaine, methamphetamine, laced with fentanyl. So we're seeing an entirely different problem now. It's not really related to prescription opioids, rather it's, you know, these synthetically manufactured opioids that people are using and are unfortunately dying from. Uh, but it is interesting uh, when you see the uh, this data uh, of uh, where we are with the opioid crisis, which kind of uh, took a backseat to everything else over the course of the past year, where those challenges lie now moving forward. Again, Dr. Paul Christo is an associate professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Some really interesting insights there. Dr. Christo, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to look forward to all of the Christmas in July sales at the brick and mortar stores of the day. Well, the 21st century equivalent of that is Amazon Prime Day, and the year's most anticipated shopping event happens this coming Monday and Tuesday with more deals than ever before for 2021. Amazon insider Christian Kelly is here to fill us in on what is new and give us a sneak peek of the hottest deals we can expect to see. And 
Christian, kind of go over the basics uh, of how this works. First of all, for the, uh, I don't know, one or two people who might be listening who have never participated in a Prime Day event before. Absolutely. Happy to do so. So Prime Day is the most epic, incredible deals event that we have available for our Prime members. It covers off on the best of shopping and entertainment. And this year on June 21st and 22nd, we have a full 48 hours with over 2 million deals. So they're you know, across every category, home, fashion, beauty, you name it. And Prime members can really get the best out of Prime and Amazon. Yeah, so like the old Christmas in July sales and then some. Uh, what what are the trends that you are seeing? What do you anticipate going to be the most popular items uh, this Prime Day? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of great trends, especially as, you know, the world starts to get a little bit more to normal for us and and we start to embrace gatherings and seeing friends and family. We're seeing a big uptick in items for the home and for outdoor and for beauty. So something like, you know, saving 20% off on Cuisinart products will be great for Prime Day as Mm. you start to prepare for entertaining and, and, you know, cooking for big dinner parties as you may have it or, you know, saving on the Hot Tools Pro Blot Styler if you're looking to upgrade your look and again, get ready to see friends or, you know, saving on great... uh, dresses from Amazon Fashion. We also are really excited about back to school and off to college. We think that um, a lot of parents and students are going to start to figure out what the fall looks like for them. And you can save on select Chromebooks from HP and Lenovo. We also have devices, which are a great seller for us and a great way for you to make your home a smart home. Um, I myself just moved into a new place. So I'm really excited about that deal in particular. We have um, an Echo Show 10 off uh, 24% on this Prime Day. Great for video calling, streaming Prime Video shows. Um, the Echo Dot is just $24.99 and you can use all those great Alexa-enabled skills, stream music, you name it. So uh, the one thing I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm guessing that there will probably no be no deals on bulk orders of toilet paper this year. So that will probably be different. <laughs> you know, again, like I said, we're, we're excited about the prospect of being able to enjoy things going home and, and resuming a little bit of normalcy. Yes. I think we're going to see a lot of those shopping trends start to pick up again. Absolutely. So what are some of the other uh, best deals of the year? Share some uh, sort of insider information on uh, some of what folks should be looking for because these will be constantly changing and updating over the 48 hour period for this prime day event yeah they are and and that's the great thing about having so many deals and having the full two-day window um one of the great things is that prime members can consistently check for new deals that are being updated on the hour throughout that 48 hours. They also can jump in on lightning deals, which are these sort of jaw-droppingly low deals on top-tier categories, brands, and products. Um, You have to grab them fast, but if you get them, they're an awesome find. I also love supporting small. Amazon is huge on supporting small businesses during Prime Day. We have over a million deals from small and medium-sized businesses. One of my personal favorites are some candles from Sweetwater Decor. Um, They're 20% off on this Prime Day. It's from a couple based out of Pittsburgh. They just smell incredible. Um, Another great one is from Luminae, these inflatable lights that help great create a great atmosphere for your backyard. They're 33% off on this Prime Day as well. So again, as an Amazon insider, what advice can you offer for folks to get the most out of Prime Day? There are going to be so many deals and so many things going on over the course of these 48 hours, Monday and Tuesday, that it would be easy to miss something. How can we make sure that we uh, take advantage of uh, all of the deals that may jump out at us or that we might be interested in? 
Yeah, it's really important for Prime members to keep checking Amazon.com slash Prime Day to find those deals that are constantly updating. Even if you go now, you get a little bit of a preview of what is going to come this upcoming Prime Day. Um, another great thing is that if you're just an Amazon customer at the moment and not a Prime member, you can sign up sign up for a 30-day free trial with Prime and experience that best moments of Prime Day um, you know, for the first time. And it's really, really exciting. Another thing that we have is the Prime Day show, a great celebration of Prime Day. And it's a three-part musical event featuring Billie Eilish, Kid Cudi, and her, which is a great way to kind of hop into Prime Video and experience that offering. And that's actually available to all Amazon customers starting now for the next 30 days. Really important point that you make, and I want to emphasize this, if you are not already a Prime member, you sign up for that trial and you can take advantage of these uh, special deals as well. So uh, there is that opportunity. Nobody is left out. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, folks can sign up for uh, alerts when uh, new deals come up, correct? Yeah, they keep checking in the app. They can find a ton of new deals that are available. Again, every hour they're updating. So there's really new opportunities throughout the whole two days. Um, and we're really excited for folks to be shopping for Prime Day on, on the 21st and 22nd. Also, Love, you uh, made this point earlier. I want to go back and underscore this, that uh, this is an event that also supports small businesses. Uh, we know how much they have struggled over the past year. This is an opportunity uh, to really uh, you know, give a, a jump start, a kickstart to uh, some of their sales in, in 2021 as things are getting back to normal. And this is not just a uh, an event where... Uh, you're supporting the uh, you know giant conglomerate of Amazon. You know the small businesses get in on the uh, action as well. One hundred percent. We have over a million deals on those small and medium sized businesses, and we're also investing over a hundred million dollars into small businesses throughout Prime Day and the rest of 2021 to make sure that they succeed, that they connect with our great customers, and they really have an incredible experience selling on Amazon. So again, Amazon Prime Day coming up on Monday and Tuesday. Now's the time to sort of plot out your strategy. Make sure that you uh, have everything you need. Sign up if you're not already a member and uh, get ready because the uh, deals are going to come fast and furious uh, over the course of 48 hours the start of next week. Where do we get more information and uh, uh, all of the details that we need uh, for Prime Day this year. You can find everything that you need at Amazon.com slash Prime Day. It'll have all the info on the deals, the timing, everything that's exciting and um, coming to our Prime members this year. All right. Uh, Amazon Insider Christian Kelly with us this morning. Christian, thanks very much for the update. We look forward to it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and happy shopping. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. Here is your lesson not to mess with farmers. Someone parked their van across a farmyard entrance in Surrey, England recently. The driver of the van was apparently going for a beer at a nearby tavern when he uh, parked, and the farmer was not pleased. The van was blocking a 20-ton tanker filled with manure, and (laughs) you know where this is going, right? When the workers attempted to contact the van owner and failed, they decided to empty their load all over the van. (laughs) The, The farmer said the man returned to his vehicle, And uh, that's when he was forced to admit he was totally in the wrong. And uh, they 
then after getting an apology, hosed the van down and everyone had a good laugh. So this could have ended. Had this been in America, this would have ended very, very differently. But <laughs> that's why you don't mess with farmers. Stories of true love in the broken news this morning. A Florida woman is facing a charge of domestic battery for tossing chicken at her significant other. Uh, Police in Bradenton say officers were called to respond to a home earlier this month on reports of a fight. The victim told them that he got into an argument with uh, Jennifer Booth during dinner and she threw her plate of chicken at his face. Domestic assault with a chicken. Or not with a chicken, just with chicken. Uh, the man was not injured, but Ms. Booth was taken into custody. Uh, she has faced prior arrests for domestic violence, uh, but none with a chicken before. So, can you imagine? What are you in for? I assaulted my husband. I don't know, husband, boyfriend? I don't know. I assaulted him with a chicken. <laughs> don't mess with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. This is, uh, uh, rather awkward. A couple in Saskatoon, Canada recently caught <clears throat> getting it on in someone else's yard. They were, <laughs> it's one thing to be doing the deed out in public. It's something else entirely to be doing so in someone else's yard. They were caught on Tuesday after someone mowing the lawn spotted them. <laughs> Police say the couple got upset after being caught and started throwing rocks at the person who caught them. The North Battleford, uh, North Battleford Royal Canadian Mounted Police are investigating the entire incident. Not to be outdone, a California man accused of backing his work truck into a sports bar in San Jose uh, while inebriated was allegedly receiving... Favors from a woman at the time of the crash. Oh, my. Investigators say the man was uh, on an alcohol and cocaine binge before he struck and injured two men sitting in the outdoor dining area of the Agave Sports Bar and Grill last Friday night. Security reportedly had thrown the man out earlier after he was seen trying to take a woman's top off. Uh, Police say the truck uh, was going, check this, 45 miles an hour. As it traveled across the parking lot, the suspect formally charged with DUI. <clears throat> Getting it on there in the uh, seat of the truck. you got to make sure that you're in park when you do that. That's very important. Uh, let's see here. This is, speaking of true love in the broken news, a crazy story. I mean, you want to, if you're going to propose to your girlfriend... You want to do that in a memorable way. But this may be taking it to the extreme. Tom Bedard proposed to his girlfriend, now fiance, Raya, in front of an active tornado in Kansas. The couple are reportedly both meteorologists, and the tornado was the first one that they had watched together. Mr. Bedard told uh, local news outlets, I had known that this was the, the year I wanted to propose. And I was just trying to figure out the right scenario for it. Being that she and I had not seen a t- tornado together before, 
There was a whole lot of talk earlier in the season about being a good tornado season. It seemed like the best kind of circumstance. Uh, The uh, meteorologist reportedly enlisted the help of a friend who is a professional storm chaser to uh, find the perfect backdrop for the proposal. I guess you can't argue. She said yes. So there is that. Um, And this is uh, kind of odd. Again, this is along the same vein of some of the other stories in the broken news today. As a world record that you likely never knew existed, naked skydiving. Uh, Rain Knopf of Omaha, Nebraska, set a new world record by completing 60 skydiving jumps in 24 hours. 60 jumps in 24 hours, all while wearing nothing but safety equipment (laughs) and his birthday suit. Mr. Uh, Kanoff explains it is an informal tradition for skydivers to perform their 100th jump in the nude. I did not know that. (laughs) I, I probably could have gone without knowing that. He says he came up with the idea to set the naked skydiving world record as a fundraiser for a local charity... After the recent death of a friend. Well, that's very nice. But still, naked skydiving. Of all of the records that you could hold, naked skydiving. Is that something you go around and brag about? I guess if you're a skydiver, Guinness World Records say they would count it if he performed at least 25 jumps over a 24-hour period. He blew that away with 60 skydives in a single 24-hour period. Man, that's... That's dangerous for any number of reasons, I would think. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. Uh, This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. It's the WFIN Virtual Car Show. Get them out, shine them up, and upload a pic of your classic, and we'll post it to WFIN.com for everybody to see. In addition, we'll have an online car show calendar so that you know when and where all the area shows are. It's chrome and horsepower on display online. The WFIN Virtual Car Show and Calendar. Thanks to Details Auto Spa, Loritz Chevrolet Cadillac, and 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Americans getting out and about again, ready to see people and have some fun after a year of being cooped up. And part of that means spending money, big money. We feel guilty about it? Not really. According to a new one poll survey, 45% of Americans plan to spend more this summer than they did the past two combined. And many do not feel that they are being reckless by doing so. 48% believe they saved enough money during the pandemic to be able to splurge guilt-free this summer. At the same time, 40% are worried that they might spend irresponsibly, but that's probably not going to stop us from doing so nonetheless. The top activities that Americans are looking forward to spending money on this summer, according to this survey, one poll, The uh, top activities, uh, vacations, not surprisingly, is number one at 43%. Going out to restaurants, bars, and so on, 39% uh, cite that as their top spending this summer. 
hosting family and friends at home, cited by 30% of respondents. Attending a sports event, 22%. Uh, attending a concert, 21%. Going on dates again, 21%. And graduation and birthday parties, 20%. So in order, those are the things that we are spending money on this summer. And clearly by those numbers, uh, you can tell that uh, people... There are a fair number of people who are going to be spending money on more than one of those things. Uh, so respondents were not limited to one response. But it's interesting. All of those things are events, activities that were put on hold over the course of the past year because of the pandemic. And we are ready to spend again. And again, I, I thought it was most notable that uh, about half say that they saved enough money over the course of the pandemic, that they don't feel guilty at all about uh, splurging this summer. There we go. Good news for the economy, to be sure. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, this probably doesn't uh, apply, but it's starting to get dark out there. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're doing this uh, yeah. this program live uh, so heard some thunder. this is the crazy. Yeah, heard a few rumbles of thunder here. <laughs> Already. Uh, so this is the crazy thing, though. So I fire up my app uh, to check the uh, radar to see how close the uh, storms and the lightning and everything is getting. And what pops up at me but an earthquake notice. Oh, here? Uh, no. Oh, okay, it, good. Uh, is actually <laughs> well, relatively, relatively close. Oh, okay. Apparently, yesterday afternoon, they had an earthquake like 3.9 or something just outside of Bloomington, Indiana. Really? So, yeah, it was crazy. But wow. it was just not the first thing in this part of the country anyway yeah, that you expect to find when you fire up the weather app that an earthquake alert pops yeah. up. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Uh, my wife, Kyra, has joined us in the uh, studio this morning, as we always do to wrap up the week. We've got a new uh, collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. And <laughs> this week, inspired by our recent visit to Mackinac Island. Yeah. That's the reason why uh, I, I was not here earlier this yeah. week, Monday and Tuesday. Had to, uh, took an extended weekend. We yep. spent a, a little bit of time up at Mackinac. Yes. And, um, so much fun. It was. It was a really good time. I mentioned uh, earlier in the week that uh, it, it was. It's lovely. I, we've never been before. No. Nope. And uh, first time. It was. Uh, it was great. It was really neat to. Oh, yeah. Kind of step back in time, go mm-hmm. somewhere in time, as they say. Uh, Anyone who's ever been to Mackinac knows that's the overarching theme, uh, because everything is there are no cars, everything is horse drawn or, or bike. You know, bike riding and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but uh, it was it was also very nice to get back into my car yeah. at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the trip because you you forget about you know yeah. how big of a deal that is yeah. until you no longer have your car anymore and you just can't run into town right. or run to the right. store real but quick. But maybe that was a know. nice thing. It I was. Mean, it was. Yeah. But, uh, so we decided to do uh, some recipes uh, inspired by uh, some of the food that we had at mm-hmm. Mackinac, and I know yep. one of the things you absolutely uh, loved, fell in love with, it was so yummy, was uh, the uh, cherry chicken salad. Yes, that we got at uh, Dowd's Market, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. So if yep. you wonder where this is, you can get to the original at uh, Dowd's Market at, at Mackinac. Yeah, but uh, you've got a great. 
um, facsimile yeah. of that. So, Copycat recipe. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what are we doing here? So four cups of shredded rotisserie chicken, uh, two stalks of uh, chopped celery, uh, a half of small onion chopped, and a half a cup of sliced cherries um, pitted. So, because you'll want to take the pit out of those. Obviously, um, yeah. Yes. Uh, one cup of Miracle Whip. This is for the dressing. A half a cup of sour cream. One tablespoon of Dijon mustard. A quarter teaspoon of ground clove. A quarter teaspoon of salt. A quarter teaspoon of pepper. Um, your salt and pepper, you can do that for taste. Right. You know, if you want it a yeah. little bit more, a little bit less, go right ahead. Uh, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and one tablespoon um, of sugar. Um then, um, by the way, uh, just to interject here with the uh, recipe list, it's yes. uh, four cups of shredded rotisserie chicken. Correct. So rotisserie yes. chicken is important. Yes. You get that right flavor. Get that yeah. flavor. Yep. Yeah. You can use regular chicken. It's probably just going to have shredded chicken. It's just probably just going to have a yeah. little bit different of a taste because sure. of the spices that yeah, are the in the rotisserie. rotisserie chicken is great. Yep. Yeah. So put your chicken in a bowl, add your celery, your onions, and your cherries, and combine that. And then in another bowl, mix your dressing ingredients. Then stir in your chicken and refrigerate for a couple hours or overnight and serve. And it's better Simple if it's overnight because the flavor goes through a yeah, little bit more. Exactly. So, but, but again, yeah. the cherries are the yes. uh, the key component yeah. uh, to that. The cherry chicken mm-hmm. salad. It was yep. really, really great. Uh, along with that, we've got uh, pulled pork mac and cheese. Yes. I think we had this, what, it uh, Mary's. Mary's yep. uh, there on our uh, last day. So yep. pulled pork mac and cheese yep. was really good stuff. So this is three cups of uh, pulled pork. Uh, then for your macaroni and cheese, a 16 ounce uh, of elbow macaroni, two tablespoons of uh, unsalted butter, uh, two tablespoons of flour, two cups of whole milk, uh, and uh, four cups of shredded sharp cheese, cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Prepare your... Um, Casserole dish, your 9 by 13 casserole dish uh, with nonstick spray. Uh, bring a large pot filled with salt water to boil to cook your uh, macaroni. Um, put your macaroni in 8 to 10 minutes, uh, you know, depending on how you like your right. macaroni. Um, then uh, drain that. Uh, in a large skillet over medium heat, melt your butter, then whisk in your flour, then whisk in your milk until it's nice and spo- smooth. Reduce your heat. Um, and whisk slowly, slowly until it thickens. Um, and then uh, stir in your shredded cheese. And then um, after you stir in your shredded cheese, make sure it's completely melted. Turn off the heat. Stir in your macaroni. Add your macaroni to your prepared dish. Top with your pulled pork. Sprinkle with a little bit of extra cheese. And then bake for about 25 minutes. And then if you want afterwards result with a little bit of barbecue sauce well, barbecue sauce yes mm, yeah there we go uh actually if you remove the pulled pork and the barbecue yeah. sauce you've just got a great mac and cheese yes. recipe homemade Correct. mac and cheese recipe yeah. but yep. the pulled pork uh, was was the yeah. uh yeah it really yeah that was really good so yeah. uh it was really good in it i was like i was like okay i'm trying you're a this nervous you're yeah a little, uh, I'm, I'm trying this yeah i yeah. like trying different things and 
And uh, our friends that went with us, her husband tried it also, and we both really liked yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, the pulled pork mac yep. and cheese along with the cherry chicken salad. Yep. And then, of course, <laughs> if you're talking Mackinac Island-inspired yes. recipes... You have to have you fudge. you got to have fudge. Yes, and we did so much fudge sampling, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Again, if you've ever been to Mackinac, you know that you're going to oh be doing gosh, some fudge. Oh my gosh, there were at least, what, one, oh, there two, had to be a three, dozen. four? Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. I don't know how many shops there were with yeah. fudge. A lot of fudge, and yes. we've got an easy fudge recipe. Yes, this is easy. Three cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips, one 14-ounce can of sweetened condensed milk, and two tablespoons of butter. So then line your 8-inch, eight 8-by-8-inch eight eight, uh, uh, baking dish uh, with parchment paper or aluminum foil. Make sure you leave your edges so you can lift it out mm-hmm. so it's easier to cut. Uh, set that aside. Add your chocolate chips and your sweetened condensed milk and butter to a large saucepan. Place over medium heat. Stir constantly until the chocolate chips are fully melted uh, in the mixture. Remove from the heat. Scoop the mixture into your prepared baking dish. Uh, spread over. Uh, spread it around until it's uh, completely even. Mm-hmm. Uh, refrigerate for at least uh, three hours or until fully chilled. Overnight is fine. Also. Remove from the pan using your um, your overhang of your parchment paper or aluminum foil. Uh, slice your fudge into pieces and enjoy. So simple as yes. that. Now, really we cannot easy. guarantee that that will be as good <laughs> a fudge recipe as yes. some of the ones on the island. But, oh my gosh, and all the different ones that they had and all well, the and different this is, this yummies is, they had in there. Right. And, this is the, the cool thing. This is kind of a base recipe. Yes. You can so play you could with add M&M's to it like what they did there. Little, Oreo cookies. You can do a little bit of um, Oh my gosh, they had so many different things. Yeah. Uh, Reese cups um, they had in one. Um, mints. They had it another yeah, one. A lot of great um, stuff, yeah, all kinds. Just make it different. And and again, with this uh, recipe, it uh, just shows that fudge does not have to be real complicated to make. Right. So you know yes. you can do it. So uh, again, the uh, cherry chicken salad, the pulled pork mac and cheese, and the easy fudge recipes. Uh, our Mackinac inspired uh, recipes uh, from Kyra's Kitchen this morning, and we have those posted uh, at our uh, on a, on the uh, WFIN Facebook page. Yes. We have those. Uh, recipes up there and linked up at goodmornings.net my wife Kyra this morning there are recipes from Kyra's Kitchen Kai thanks very much you're welcome and that will put a wrap on our podcast for today thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program as always remember you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage goodmornings.net we are always on 24-7 on the world wide web can also connect with us on social media contact us directly via email if there's something you want to share sign up for our daily email newsletter and more again goodmornings.net it's our little slice of the world wide web so until monday morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning go on out make it a good day a great weekend and we'll catch you back here next week